Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of MGR Unplugged. As you can see, I have the map of the COVID-19 cases as of today. I really, really did not want to keep talking about the coronavirus and everything. I was actually planning a different type of episode today to discuss something more um, a I bit. I was like... Because we talked about it, what, three weeks in a row now? We, we've done like uh, two or three podcasts already, kind of loosely. The first one was the discussion that we had. Then we, uh, you know, touched a little bit on the business side of the coronavirus. And really, I wanted to have a different kind of uh, podcast today. But I, I mean, there's just nothing else to talk about. It's really. It's really I mean, I even... No, the, nothing else matters right now, basically. Well, yeah. I mean, everything is like, it, it looks like the world has become, uh, has come to a screeching halt. And... I, uh, I think the world has finally woken up, right, right, or at no. least most of the world that wasn't already, basically the Western world, I should say. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, and the last twenty-four hours have been pretty much um, incredible. Not a, not just on the the news side, political side, financial side, sports, everything. So, we're going to try to cover a little bit of everything and try to just see what's going on. And obviously, I'm always on the optimistic side, and I know I know for a fact that no matter how bad we are today this will go away. I can't tell when it's going to go away, but it will go away. So that's the positive side. So uh, without further delay, let's get started on raw music, please. None of you people can tell me to stop. Lower the lights down. Hand over my crown. Hand over my heart. I do this for my town. I do this for my crowd. So turn me up real loud. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. All right, welcome back. We're here with uh, David and I are here back again today. To uh, Today is Thursday, by the way. It's the uh, 12th of March, which is the day after we, some of us, I did, David did, to listen to um, uh, President Trump's um, speech yesterday. It was very short. It was about 10 minutes, very specific about the coronavirus. It was the first time that I think he's done a speech of that um, type, you know, in the, in the Oval Office, uh, addressing the nation. Um, after many tweets and communications that were uh, almost just uh, ignoring uh, the virus and saying, okay, it's not affecting us and this and that. Finally, he came a little more serious, didn't have a chance or didn't have a choice, actually. But he finally addressed the nation. And I think some of the financial uh, resolutions that were taken were already in the news, like um, stimulus package for small businesses, the tax um, a break is still not approved. Uh, he mentioned that he hopes um, payroll tax um, uh, decrease. Uh, he hopes that Congress passes it. But I think the main thing that shocked a lot of people, uh, including myself, is the complete travel ban uh, for every flights coming from Europe, except from the UK. What do you think? Uh, do you think? I think it's the right move. Well, he should have included the UK. I think it's the right move. I think it was the right move three weeks ago i think it's kind of late now because we already have a bunch of cases in the u.s but yeah i think that all countries should be just shutting borders right now and just saying listen we can't have travel because it's spreading too quickly i mean if you i wanted to overlay uh it, you can go back to the podcast we did a few weeks ago with the map what it looked like then with what it looks like now and all of this did not exist three weeks ago and I think that's the point yeah that I, I remember the numbers in fact I had a screenshot on our when I did the, the, the show notes I think it was only two weeks ago by the way we had about 80,000 confirmed cases 81, 82 and um, we had about 40 confirmed 
uh, or recovered on about uh, 3,000 deaths or something. So, um, but we'll get into the numbers in a bit. But the travel ban, I mean, I was actually this morning reading a lot of information from different sources and mostly also European newspapers. And obviously the European people or governments did not like the fact that Trump unilaterally or basically without consulting with them just just uh, did that, you know. And, and, and there's a sentiment in Europe thinking that that Trump was kind of blaming Europe for not acting, which is basically what Europe is doing, not acting. And um, I'm blaming them on the virus is not spreading because Europeans are not taking care, so we're going to shut our borders. Europe should do the same thing. Europe should shut their borders. Yeah, they should. You know, I, don't they think this is a, I don't think this is a blame game. This is a... Who cares? At, at this point, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. We just need to fix it. And just to be clear, because that's something that Trump was not very clear during the speech, but then he clarified later or in a tweet or something, the ban is only for people coming from Europe, not for goods or yeah. products coming first, from Europe. At first, in the speech, he said goods. And I was like, wow, he banned yeah, goods Yeah, that, that would be a big shock. But he, he later clarified that merchandise or things coming from Europe that will still be allowed. It's only people that actually transferring or, or bringing the infection that will be not allowed. So, and it's also for 30 days. So we'll see what happens after 30 days. Start this Friday or tomorrow, basically for us. And then um, it'll be for 30 days. And hopefully, hopefully by then, things will start being a little more under control. But the truth of the matter is that um, uh, if you compare the population of Europe with the US, which is about the same, Europe, maybe 400 million uh, people, I don't know exactly the latest figures, but it's usually, Europe is four, 500 million, US is 300, 350, depending on how many tourists we have here. But when you compare the cases in Europe with the US, Europe is like way out there compared to the US. I mean, Europe has, I, I look at this number, and this morning was like, uh, and again, this changes by the hour, but Europe has about 23,000 cases, confirmed cases, and um, more than 1,000 deaths. Whereas the US, again, confirmed I think cases. I more deaths than that, right? Uh, well, Italy, 827. Is, okay, maybe. Yeah, so okay. Europe in general has 23,000 confirmed cases. Again, this is as of this morning. And then about over 1,000 deaths. Whereas the, the U.S. being similar size as far as population has um, about um, 1,300 cases now or 13 something. And then uh, so far 38 deaths, which obviously is, is much, much less than, than in Europe. So uh, shutting the borders basically will help because we're going to prevent all these people that come with a higher um, risk from Europe to, uh, to, to bring the... the coronavirus to the U.S. And in effect, that's what China did, even though they did it late too. And, and they didn't tell the rest of the world when they realized the, the grave, the, how grave it was the, uh, or the situation that they had in place. They basically shut down the country. They shut down the regions first. And then thanks to that, China seems to be now over the curve as far as cases and deaths and everything else, if what we know is true. So obviously quarantining the country, forget about individuals, but quarantining the country seems to work as far as limiting the spread of the virus and then controlling it and then seeing how things are progressing. So um, yeah, I mean, that's that's been crazy. In addition to that, we have other um, sports news and everything else that happened um, last night. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of crazy within the span of like 20 minutes. You know, it's funny because, not funny, but... No one cares until someone they know gets it. That's kind of what happens with a lot of these things. No one cares unless it directly affects them or someone they know. And I was saying that 
you know, just wait until someone famous gets it because then it's going to be a shock and people are going to be like, oh, wow. You know, and I, I was saying this weeks ago, I said, just wait, because someone famous is going to get it and then people are going to pay attention. And then last night, within a span of 20 minutes, it was Trump's speech bans all travel from Europe. Literally a few minutes later, Tom Hanks announces that he and his wife have it. And it wasn't in this case, it wasn't just someone famous. It wasn't like a B-lister. It was literally one of the most famous people in the world, mm -hmm. Tom Hanks. And then, I don't know, 10 minutes later, the NBA announced that Rudy Gobert. That was the most bizarre thing. And I'm not a big NBA fan. I mean, I follow the NBA, but I'm not a hardcore fan like you are. But that was the most bizarre live event situation that I've seen as yeah. far as canceling a game and suspending the league. Yeah, I mean, they, live on TV, pretty much. Because you have to think, well, basically, you know, Rudy Gobert got it. NBA who player, plays for? Who plays for the Utah Jazz. Mm -hmm. And uh, immediately, there's actually footage. If you look, this it was kind of going around the clip of the pregame show. You see this doctor running behind the pregame host, like sprinting, right? I mean, the refs were, were about to start they the were game. Ready to, they already had introduced the players. Right. They were ready to get for tip-off, basically. Right. And so basically he got it. Then this morning it was announced that the basically the two best players on the Jazz both have it, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And the NBA just But it was last night. Shut down. I mean, last night the the reaction was so I mean they were placed because they there already were different had a meeting. games taking place. They already had a meeting in uh, earlier in the day where they were considering suspending games for a few weeks or playing without attendees. Mm -hmm. And the Warriors had already announced that they were going to play without attendees. And then the NBA was considering it too. And then once one of the players got it, they basically said, we're done. Because think about how fast. Because now they have. They said that over 60 players have come in contact in the last week with him. Mm -hmm. So they're testing all of them. I mean, think of how fast Journalist, it spreads everybody. to the league. Because yeah. if you get... You play one team one night. That team goes plays another team. You play another team. That those two teams now have it. They play. You know that's how and the, and the rate of um, um, spread of the well, that's, that's one of the things with the coronavirus is is an exponential uh, uh, spread. Basically, I mean each person can can, can yeah, it's incredibly maybe, contagious. Right, it can infect maybe two three that are in contact with, and then those two three can't you know infect right. another two three so right. so the, the rate of spread is huge so i think the nba made the right call and it was funny because we we're watching actually a different game that was well taking place it was you know I, I turned on the uh denver dallas game that was on mm -hmm. espn just because i was like because they literally i'm on twitter and they announced it i was like there's a game right now and then they showed like mark cuban's live Getting reaction up. and the commentators are like like okay i guess this is the last game for a while but and to, the, the, the contrast to me is that both of these with those saw that game and there was another one later who but was that the, one got canceled oh that one did get canceled yes. the later one they found okay. out you know why because they found out that one of the referees in the game had refereed the utah game oh, two nights ago okay so i didn't see it. that okay yeah. yeah so so the game was taking place when you see mark cuban he was obviously in dallas and he's looking at his phone and he obviously was reading the information saying and you see his reaction, yeah. and then he actually had a couple of uh, impromptu live interviews with the uh, with Doris Burke, I think, and somebody else. Oh, and and um, was the um, it was Dave Pash? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't um, know who was commenting. I know Doris Burke. I don't know who was with her. But right. So, anyways, he had a couple of live interviews, and then another one post game interview. But the game went on, and and the stadium or the court was packed, obviously in in Dallas, and. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to me, you and I were talking about like we already had enough knowledge of the virus to know that when when the NCAA, by the way, um, also um, said that their games were going to be played without spectators. Yeah, 
And the uh, NHL just, today canceled their season. Right, too. that was before yesterday. So, so in in other words, we already know that crowded situations are basically a cesspool of possibilities for the germs or the virus to to spread. So. I'm surprised that people even go to the games, to be honest, because you are surrounded by people that are right. Yeah, the, the excuse you. of, oh, it wasn't canceled, I'm still going to go, I think is absolutely ridiculous. It's right. You need to take your own life into your responsibility. You can't rely on the federal government or state authorities to tell you how to act. And, and you it need probably, to act. And it, probably, it, it really proves that, honestly, I don't think most of the government agencies were ready for this no, type of no. rapid I've been saying it for weeks. Rapid pandemic. It feels like everybody's at, acting in slow motion. Meanwhile, this is going but, at double speed. Yes, but at the same time, I mean, if you are a citizen of any civilized country, you expect your agencies, whether they are Department of I Health don't. or whatever. Well, yeah, you don't because you already are Bec more skeptical. But because, when you I mean, when you have elected officials and agencies and everything, you expect them to do their job just like you do at your corporate level. Okay, you work in a company and you expect your boss to know what to do and the person that you have, the vice president of this or that to make adjustments and reactions and everything else. And if we have elected officials that are not reacting the right way or the proper way as far as timeliness and everything else, that's critical for these situations. Everybody can have smooth no selling when the selling is smooth. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, even the who, which the who's whole job, the whole reason the who exists is for situations like this, for pandemics. And uh, just a month ago, the head of the who was saying, business as usual, this is not a big deal, don't change your life, uh, no need to hurt the economy. This is the head of the who. This is his fucking job. This is his only fucking job, is to be a leader in a time of crisis, and he completely failed. Yeah, the but CDC that's, completely failed. Well, but that's the, the same. FDA I, completely I, I, I completely agree that all this, all this um, organisms like because the, you have the who, bureaucracies, the United and Nations, and all that stuff. And I don't trust them. I understand but you at least hope that your own country's agencies will do their job. I think the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention forgot about the last two parts, control and prevention, because when you think about it, they are not controlling and not preventing. They've been basically patching and reacting, which is, yeah, I can react too, but it'll be nice to know in the ahead of time what could happen. The fact that we still don't have widespread testing is absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's an absolute failure on the CDC. You know, we were talking actually the other day and we were saying, well, you know, you have someone who it's their job and they, like you said, and I said, yeah, but guess what? If we had someone who it was their job and we saw this coming on the horizon for weeks and weeks and that person basically slacked off and didn't do anything about it and now all of a sudden is panicking. I would fire that person, okay? That's what you do when someone doesn't do their job. Now, in this case, because they're government organizations, we can't fire them. And I don't even know if, I mean, because most of those people are appointed. They're not elected. Mm -hmm. And it's not even that this administration or another administration, it's not just, you know, I think the Trump administration has done a very poor job, but it's not just him. I mean, we look at Macron yesterday in France. I mean, literally the same day yeah, that Trump that was... says we're banning travel from Europe, please, you know, limit activities and events. Macron says we're going to be singing in the streets. We're going to beat this. We're going to have our summer party. This is the president of France. Yeah, look saying. at France right there. They have about 
They are the fifth country, uh, 2,300 cases, and they have about 50 deaths. Moronic idiot. He's standing in front of the. It felt literally like a movie scene when I'm watching. He's standing in front of the Eiffel Tower, saying, "This is not a big deal. We'll be fine." We're La France. We're, we're, we're do France. Much we're great. We're gonna survive. Well, I this. mean, they 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 are already saying that. And these numbers, by the way, are obsolete because this is uh, last updated. It says like 6:33 a.m. Um, I actually just looked at a newspaper in Spain, and Spain, who's down there with uh, 2,200 cases, is way above 3,000 now. They they found another nucleus of uh, infected people in Barcelona. Even a, um, a secretary of commerce, uh, Ministry of Commerce in Spain, now is being um, well, tested positive. Health minister in Italy died. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just something that we cannot ignore anymore, and then just pretending that oh no, it's not going to be as it's not going to affect us. This that they they basically say if you you continue with that attitude like Spain France and all these other European countries Germany look at that that I mean these are top powers in, in in Europe France Spain Germany right there and they all have like 22 23 3000 cases and they're acting like oh no this will not happen to us and there's like they're going to be the next Italy which is out there with 12500 cases and they already have a thousand deaths the death rate in Italy is way higher um, and we'll get into that in a second because the death rate in Italy was higher because it affected, you know, mostly older people, and also the hospitals were like maxed out. They they had a little that's gap. That's the thing. The hospitals are going to be maxed out everywhere. Right. That's what people don't understand. Right. The death rate in the U.S. isn't high right now because our hospitals are not overwhelmed yet. Give it another two weeks, and they will be. And you're going to have because this very incredibly sad thing that's happening in Italy right now is they're deciding who has to die. They're literally deciding that if you have pre-existing uh, terminal conditions. So if you already have cancer, uh, if you're over the age of 70, 75, they're just you're not getting treated. They're literally leaving you. Yeah, to they're die. favoring people that have a more. I mean, that is potential lifespan. They're, they're, that is they're playing God. <laughs> they have this ethical dilemma and they say we're just going to have to favor the, the healthy and the uh, young. Because if you're 70, we'll try to get to you. But right now, we don't have the resources. They're out of ventilators. You know, they yeah. don't have the number one thing that people need because this is a respiratory disease is oxygen masks and ventilators to breathe. Mm -hmm. And they just don't have enough. The U.S. does not have enough. The U.S. has, I think, a few hundred thousand ventilators was the number. That's not enough. I mean, if we have a nationwide pandemic, you're going to have a lot of people who are dying because, by the way, we have a, ventilators are used for many things, not just coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And so they said that any given time, 50 to 60 percent of the U.S. supply of ventilators are being used already. So you only have basically a 40 percent extra. And if all of a sudden there's 100,000 people that go into hospitals and need ventilators, we don't have enough. Right. They don't have enough. And that's what's happening. And that's how young people die too. And other people who are healthy who shouldn't die from this if they had normal treatment, but because they can't get any treatment at all, they're dying. And that's the sad, sad thing. And like I said, it's just a complete, utter failure on behalf of the CDC, the FDA, all just, of these organizations. It just feels like in the last... And, and let me... One extra thing. This is why, and I know... I don't understand why this is so controversial, but this is why you should not rely on the federal government for things because they're inept. That's what happens when you have a central authority but yeah, that has but, their but own you, interests in mind. But you, but you have to. I mean, not but all you the, don't. You can have the, a decentralized no, but, system. But, That's the whole but David, point. The problem is that not all the population 
has the education, ability, resources, time, you whatever, you need to basically, if it's like saying, hey, I'm trusting my doctor, but I don't trust my doctor. Yes, sometimes you ask for a second opinion, third opinion, your doctor may be right or wrong, but when you go to a doctor, you trust your doctor to give you the best advice for what it is. Okay, and but I'm a just lot saying of times the doctor, doctors give the wrong advice. Yeah, yes, it of course. All the time. A few times they do that. Not a few but, times. A okay, lot. Okay, a understood. Lot. But I'm saying doctors, like it could be your lawyer defending you in a trial or it could be the uh, engineer designing your building or it could be any situation. You know, you, you trust professionals to give you the proper advice. Clients trust us to give them the proper advice as far as marketing. Okay, but we're a good okay. example where so, there's lots of marketing agencies and listen... I'm not going to name any names, but there's lots of market agencies that give advice that I think is completely yes, idiotic. Of, of course, and education and is key. And it's the same in every Education is key, uh, but at least group. a marketing agency is dealing with another marketing professional who could say, wait a minute, that doesn't look like the right approach to this campaign or something. But when you come to a, a country with a huge spectrum of people of all kinds of income levels, education, situations, familiar, everything, you can't just expect everybody to not trust no, the government. No, but you can have, this is why you have local authorities, and this is why basically Seattle and Washington now are shutting things down after they already have hundreds of cases and an outbreak. That's not when you but, act. But it's the same thing with the sporting events. I mean, yes, and it, I was, was it was very clear. Shut them down. If they're saying, okay, if, if, on the one hand, when this thing started, being news uh, about three, four weeks ago, like real news. Um, they said, okay, uh, yeah, wash your hands, avoid contact, we stay with about two meters or six feet or something from the person next to you, try to not to touch your face, all that typical stuff, which by the way, that's normal stuff all the time. I mean, if the, I need to be reminded to wash my hands. I mean, normally, hopefully you do that on a, on a regular basis, but now even more thoroughly and sanitizing and all that stuff, that's fine. But if they need to also tell you Okay, well, yeah, if you are going to be in touch, if you don't, if you cannot be close to people like to six feet or something. Well, my common sense tells me, okay, well, if I'm going to be in a stadium with the next guy next to me that I don't know where he comes from or he's done, uh, he's spitting and shouting and shouting and all that stuff, I'm going to be sitting three hours next to him and another one in front, another one behind, another one this, the other guy behind me is coughing or, or whatever. Or you go to a movie theater, or you, I mean, there's a lot of places where they could have taken that resolution much faster. If they're telling you, now they start saying, okay, avoid gatherings of 10,000 people. Then it became 5,000. Then it's 1,000. Now they say 250. It doesn't fucking matter if it's 250. You could be with 10 people. If you are this close to them and lined up, there is a risk right there. You know, so I think there was, there's a lot of misinformation about this. And then I was the first one guilty, and I admit it, comparing it to the flu or whatever. You can compare it to the flu, now, in retrospect, you can compare it to the flu as far as um, how it's not like the flu, basically. Like comparing, comparing it to say it differs from the flu because the flu is more of a, like a linear disease. You know it comes every year. We have a vaccination for it. We know more or less the strings. We know what it's going to do. It's a known issue. It is a known factor, and you can anticipate and prevent. And that's why people, even though they die of the flu, um, this you is, know, it's, it's different. This is what I was saying weeks ago. And I'll reiterate it because the flu is a known unknown. We don't know how many people are going to get it. You don't know uh, who has it around you. But you know, we know what the death rate of the flu is. We but, know how to treat also, the flu. We have also, a lot of experience. Yes. With coronavirus, it's an unknown unknown. We don't know how deadly it is. We don't know how fast it spreads. We don't know how many people have it even. I mean, 
you really think there's only 1,300 people in the U.S. with it? I think well, that's so no, I mean, that's basically, wrong. no, well, I, that's what I like that is it's confirmed, but it's true that unconfirmed unconfirmed I mean, because like you said i mean we know it's also that's another factor of this of this type of virus is asymptomatic yes meaning that's you why may have no symptoms or normal symptoms that you think is oh it's just a sniffle or it's just a little cough or something and you say it's normal i have this every year or it's allergies or whatever maybe it's not maybe it's something else and you don't even go even if you want to be tested you can't even if you go to a doctor in some cases the doctor says okay yes, it's this and that that's the, another thing that's the problem they were mandating oh you don't get tested until you have symptoms it's too fucking late by the time you have symptoms because then you've already spread it to a bunch of people. Literally, look at what happened with Rudy Gobert just yesterday. He didn't have any symptoms. And then today, he was actually uh, ruled out with illness yesterday and uh, early in the day, but it was just illness. They didn't specify. They were getting the test. They finally were able to test him, and then boom, he has it. But days ago, he didn't have it. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you that we're going to see a lot more NBA players have it that had no idea they have it because they're all getting tested now. And this is what I'm saying. Well, there's there's few things that we know. And obviously, we're still, and un, again, neither David or I are virologists or medical profession or anything, but... Um, but at this point, you don't have to be. At this point... Well, you have to study. You don't have to be a virologist or an MD to look at a fucking chart like that and a map and say, this map was only China a month ago, and now the whole world is red. So it doesn't right. take a well, genius well, to look it, at it that. It shows you the big blob that we had in China... And there was a couple of uh, small little dots in Europe. Now, Europe is another big block. Obviously, you have Iran and all that section there. And then, obviously, the U.S. started to increase because it's a huge country. And uh, and we have different nucleus in New York. And, obviously, we know Washington and all that. So, But the, the, the things that we know, and, and by now, I personally have read so much about this from different sources, uh, different doctors, different experts, uh, other podcasts from people that I trust, uh, other podcasts from people that I trust have interviewed people that they trust and all that. And so the, the things that we do know is that, like you said, is that respiratory disease. So it affects your lungs. How much it affects? Well, the other thing that they that it does affect, not everybody, but a lot of people, is your heart. Right. And a lot of young people, but that's, young people are having heart attacks and dying from that's, it. That's when it starts getting to different phases. But first of all, it's a respiratory disease. You get it. Um, when somebody, you know, through somebody sneezes near you, it's up in the air, droplets, whatever, you breathe and you or you get them in your fingers or in your hands, you touch your face and all that. So that's why it's so critical that people wash their hands 20 seconds at least thoroughly. There's tons of graphics out there on how to wash your hands properly and all that stuff. Then you use hand sanitizer, all that stuff. And then especially don't touch your face, your eyes and things like that. But aside from that, we know it also affects, because it's respiratory disease, affects people with certain conditions. Like even people that have been, that are smokers, they have already weakened lungs. I mean, they should know that if they don't read the packets that say that the Surgeon General says that it's going to kill you. Well, now it actually may kill you. It affects people that either, even if they don't smoke now, they may have smoked in the past. So obviously they have the, the damage already done. It also affects people with uh, diabetes. It affects people with high blood pressure, heart issues, things like that. And also, usually as a consequence of that or correlation, usually affects older people more than younger people, with exceptions, of course. But... Um, older people are more prone to having all the situations that I just mentioned. So we know that people that are over 70 years old are more at risk than people that are younger. And, and it also depends on your lung capacity. Obviously, when you're an athlete or something, even though we have exceptions too. Um, I, I'm, I'm not talking about the case of 
getting getting the disease. I'm talking about survival rate. Okay, so let's put something also clear that just because you get it or you have it, it's not a death sentence. Obviously, you have a lot of people that are recovered, and and the actual death rate, as we know, and we discussed this before, could be even lower than what we know because there's a lot of people that are not being reported as confirmed that are not confirmed yet or not dead. So usually the death rate when you increase the numerator is going to decrease. But regardless of that, the people that are, are more at risk of being in a more uh, grave situation are the ones that we just described. And that's basically a common knowledge or common agreement between all the experts that we've researched. Um, aside from that, we know very little more. I mean, we know uh, a little bit of how it gets into you, a little bit of how it acts. Uh, obviously, there's no vaccine for it yet. Um, but there's little known, and that's what makes this more dangerous. So we also know that it spreads very fast, um, faster than H1N1s and many other um, diseases or, or pandemics or viral diseases that we've known for the last 15, 20 years. So, yeah, I mean, people need to be careful. They cannot just ignore it. They need to be cautious about it. And, uh, yeah, but the, the problem is that now it's kind of too late. It's never too late. Acting now is better than not acting, but it's late. It's late because now we have 1,300 cases and we'll have 2,000 cases in another day from now and we'll have 10,000 cases in a week from now. Well, we can, we can decrease. Late. When we had our podcast, if you remember, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, or we had our discussion, which I was right, but that's okay. <laughs> there were like 20 cases in the U.S. Or 30, 40 or something, okay. including the cruise ship. Including the cruise ship. And I was saying, we need to shut borders down. We need to take action now. We need to stop all these events. No one listened. People ignored it. Went about their day. Even this is like so moronic. I mean, there were, I don't know if you saw this, but, uh, you know, lots of universities started closing classes. And uh, Columbia University, which is, you know, an Ivy League school, supposed to have a lot of the intelligentsia at, at uh, Columbia. Really bright minds there. Actually, I think they're a pretty good medical school too, by the way. Uh, so they cancel classes and everybody's hanging out in the courtyard. There's thousands of people out and about in the court, not isolating. Well, but that we've seen, we've Do seen, not get it. This is that. why you listen. I'm a big, and these are supposed to be the smart people, quote unquote smart. Well, I know, but this they is happen to have this rich is parents. So, that's why they're there. But this they is call how smart. This is how uh, it shows how all these smart people and people in positions of power are so fucking clueless when it comes to that's making these decisions. Let me, let me like this morning, I'm a big race fan as you guys know and and especially formula one is my favorite sport okay the season starts this morning actually tonight which is tomorrow morning for australian time so they already had canceled the uh obviously the shanghai grand prix which is in three four weeks they already shut that down they said it's not gonna happen postponed whatever uh the next one next week was in bahrain which bahrain said okay it's gonna be closed door no spectators just if they have one people want to come they're gonna be in their own bubble doing the race and take off and don't touch anything now, Australia said, oh, no, no, our Grand Prix is going to continue where the beginning of the season, no matter what, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so all the teams, like thousands of people, newspapers, journalists, um, team members, everything, crews, everything else, travel there. Guess what? Just last night, or morning for them, they found that one crew member from McLaren, the team, one of the top teams in F1, was 
uh, tested positive. They actually tested about five or six crew members from even from the American team from Haas. They tested one uh, McLaren team member. He came positive. So McLaren said, hey, fuck it. We're not going to be doing anything. We don't want to put anybody at risk. We're just shutting down and taking off. And then obviously they have their own quarantine and everything else, but they said, we're leaving. Well, this is like this morning at 5.30 our time. Okay, today, right now it's 12 noon, which is like wee hours in the morning for Australia. They're still debating whether the Grand Prix should go on or not. Now there's only, instead of 10 teams, there's nine teams. And the big shots out there, the big wigs, and all the people that make decisions are looking at their dollars and cancellation policies and how much it's going to cost them and the spectators and this and that. And they're all deciding... As of now, they haven't decided. They don't even fucking know if the Grand Prix is going to take place. And in, they already have spectators. I'll tell you, spectators, well, maybe don't show up. We don't know. We're negotiating. We're talking, talking to the teams. That's fucking crazy. It's like you're going to have teams. I mean, you already have cases in the paddock right there on your crew members that are infected. And one team has quit. And that's not reason enough for you to say, you know what? This is not more important than the survival of humanity. Let's just push it back. Every other sporting regulation, a sporting event has been postponed. The, the UEFA major soccer league in, in, in Europe, La Liga, has already suspended games. UEFA, which is the European uh, Football Association, is already deciding to um, cancel European Champions League, which is like the playoffs of European soccer. Um, independent leagues, the European Championship is also going to be pushed back to next year. The NBA just decided yesterday to shut down the rest of the season. I mean, this is just logical stuff, but you start putting money and personal interests ahead of people and they say, you know what, this Grand Prix for me means $70 million, so I'm just going to keep it and everything will just happen, you know. And that's what happened at a federal level too, because governments did not want the stock market to go down. <laughs> yeah, well, good luck with that because it's already way down. And they down. failed. <clears throat> because guess what? You know what would have happened if if four weeks ago, instead of by the time it spread here, that we took cautions? Because by the way, I sent I checked when I sent it out in my uh, newsletter the first time I spoke about coronavirus. I sent out an email to all of our clients in January, okay, way before anyone was worried, telling them you need to prepare for coronavirus, okay? I felt like Chicken Little, okay, saying the sky was falling and everybody was calling me crazy. Nobody listened. Oh, actually, I'll say a few clients did listen. I'll give them credit. Uh, a lot didn't. Uh, a lot of just, I mean, I wasn't the only one. Other people were talking well, too. And nobody listened. And now it's too late. And they put financial, short-term financial interest ahead of themselves. What the U.S. should have done a month ago is say, okay, this is clearly spreading all over the world. There was no vaccine. There's no cure. There's no nothing. The only way to stop it is isolation. We're going to isolate ourselves. We're going to stop travel from Europe. We're going to stop travel from uh, all of Asia. We're just going to isolate ourselves. Uh, no big conferences, no big uh, sporting events, nothing, okay, for the next month. And then guess what? We would be fine. But instead, we have tons of spread, and it's going to keep going. That's my point. I mean, seriously, it's like, and then you want to talk about the Fed? Yeah, I wanted to get into the, uh, the well, I wanted to get into it's now like they the still uh, don't get economic, uh, we, we've discussed enough about the virus and hopefully people will be conscious enough not to realize, let me just say this, unless you have a specific reason or obligation or something to go to a place where there's going to be a lot of people, I mean, <laughs> this is anecdotal, but there was supposed to be a coronavirus conference in New York, which was canceled 
because of coronavirus. Yeah, I know. Isn't that, a, I mean, <laughs> that's like the, uh, the Association of Procrastinators pushing back their uh, conference too. Uh, you know, the you thing, talk about medical but, establishment, people who should know. I mean, there's a major orthopedic surgeon conference in Florida, and they still hadn't canceled it up until a day ago. They were waiting like a week. No, we're going. We're doing it. We're doing it. And these are fucking doctors. Right. Yeah, like I said, I mean, if you have a conference, and I mean, some people sometimes need to get together, even if it's hopefully government officials deciding what to do, you know, but they can have precautions in place. They can say, okay, we're going to gather in groups of 20 or maybe groups of 10, or we have two groups of 10, and then we have a certain distance, so we're not sitting next to each other, and we separate ourselves, and we minimize contact. The, the, the parody of the whole situation was yesterday I was watching the uh, European Champions League game between... Atletico Madrid, my team uh, in Spain, and, uh, and Liverpool. The game was in England, and they had all this thing in the beginning where normally all the players shake hands, and they shake with the referee. Nobody was shaking hands. They went by, elbowing each other, all that stuff. And then during the game, they're like all next to each other, high-fiving, hugging. It's like, why do we this? The UEFA says, oh, we minimize contact, but then during the game, everything goes because players are just yeah, acting I mean, like players. Soccer, you can't not touch each uh, other. Exactly. That's my point. That's why the NBA just canceled games. It's the they same said, thing with the NBA. It's like if the NBA said, oh, let's minimize contact. You can't do you that. You can't. You have players that are breathing and spitting in your face and sweating and touching their faces all the time. It's like you can't just say, oh, we're going to set this rule so the games go on. And then we check the box and say, oh, yeah, we told the players not to touch their whatever each other or, or or handshakes or whatever but then the game goes on and they're basically playing like they no, always I mean, play the, the, the only the, the thing is that obviously it's easy for some people to work from home and maybe a lot of people listening to this have tech jobs marketing jobs whatever you can work from home but obviously there's a lot of people who can't work from home right uh one thing i was thinking about actually that may it's it's a kind of a juxtaposition for the restaurant industry because the restaurant industry is going to be smacked well, by this. Well, we'll get into that, but, but I think the whole travel hospitality that, industry will be suffering now. One thing that may save them that was their enemy before is actually the food delivery companies because the food delivery companies were killing the restaurant industry. I mean, anybody, you can ask ask anybody you know in the restaurant industry, they're going to tell you DoorDash and Postmates are killing them. And this may save them because people don't want to go out to restaurants, but people still want food. But do you think people trust the food being delivered by them, by a driver that they well, don't know about? If I was DoorDash and Postmates and all these companies right now, I would be saying, hey, we're going to have ultra safe precautions for your food. So we're going to have sealed bags that yeah. your food go in. All of our drivers are washing their hands constantly, hand sanitizer, all of that. We put it there. Uh, we even give you, you know, a little packet of Clorox wipes with every delivery. Well, if they, if they, if the restaurants, that's I what mean, I would do if that. Like when you have pizza delivery stuff, I mean, it just comes in a carton box, and you know, there's even stories of the drivers opening the box and picking a slice of pepperoni or something. But hopefully, that's the uh, the exception. But if the restaurants come up with a method to deliver the food in a sealed package that the driver takes it and you seal the what? You break the seal like you do for many other things, like a FedEx envelope or something, and then you grab the contents from the inside and it's totally fine. Then, yeah, I mean, you can trust that a little more. you can look at China. The food delivery apps in China, the downloads were like through the roof. They were up 900% in January. Yeah, I mean, people need to do something. It's the same thing. I mean, if we look at plan B, which is, okay, you need to stay in your house more frequently. Okay, go less to a grocery store, order more food watch movies on TV, read a book. There's a lot of things that you can do. I mean, this is a good chance to be a little more introspective. And we're always complaining that we're so busy we have to do so much stuff. Okay, well, maybe you can 
realize that maybe social media is even better these days. You can socialize with people without even being well, in touch with them. I was you thinking, know? you know, a lot of people say we need to take action, take action. And really, in this case, taking action is just being reserved. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's just basically, hey, chill out, stay Well, home. to me, it's funny because I, I'm obviously much older than you, but I remember... Much. I don't act like that. But anyways, um, I remember uh, me, me growing up or me being in my... You're early, almost in the at-risk group, so you better be careful. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, me being in my 20s, 30s and all that stuff, or, or basically teens. Um, obviously, you know, we didn't have all these entertainment options that we have now. You were home. There were little TV, black and white, sucked all the time. And yeah, people have an excuse to be lazy and watch Netflix. Stop complaining. I know. Just I was just home. building stuff with Legos and building model planes and all that stuff by myself. So I was basically at no risk. When I was sick, it was like, it was fun. It was fun because I wouldn't go to school and I would just be home coughing, sniffing, or whatever, but I was building my little things. So maybe it's a way to kind of get us back to, to where we were before and being a little more introspect and reading, have fun, stay with the family, whatever. So obviously you need to be able to do that. If you, if you are a person that is um, hourly employee, freelancer, whatever, obviously that affects you. But people need to be smart. That comes to everything. It's like you can't just... And, and, and I was talking about another, with another friend about the economic situation saying, okay, well, but if I don't, if my job cancels... Like a lot of people, when Austin canceled the uh, the um, South by Southwest conference, a lot of freelancers that for them is like they're pretty much their Black Friday uh, were fucked basically they were hoping to be there for a week or so making a lot of money and working on this or that catering this, this whatever event or whatever facet you cover and all of a sudden when it was cancelled they just didn't have that income that they were expecting to have and it's like okay yeah but you could you, this is when anticipating these situations helps you know when when you don't spend more money than you have when you put away some money aside for these situations I firmly believe that this thing I don't think it's going to go away in three four weeks I think it's going to be maybe three, four months. Yeah, I was going to say, but my whole message for this podcast was basically, it's going to be a hard few months. It's going to be it's not yeah, going to get be better. A, it's going to be an adjusting. Th- it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. We're great at adapting to situations, and I think we will definitely adapt to this. Maybe it's, there's always a good thing that happens when, when these situations happen, even when there's like a hurricane, tornadoes, this and that. There's always a rebuilding process. So uh, we, we thought that recession 10 years ago was the worst thing that could happen, and then guess what? The market recovered and we're in better shape than we were 10 years ago. Same thing with 9-11 and all that stuff. So I'm always optimistic. I think it's going to be better. But yeah, it's going to be probably worse for us before it gets better. And people think that, oh, when the summer comes or this, I don't know if it's the summer or the spring. I don't think that really matters much. It's more education. It's when people become more aware of the situation that we have is when I think things will start improving, as, as you said, actually, uh, two weeks ago. So, but I always think that you know, we will uh, at some point, whether it's in you know five months, six months, twelve months, we will look back at this. It's like, man, I remember when we went through the uh, coronavirus or this, like H one N one or the Zika virus or this. They weren't as impactful as this one, but uh, we will still look back and say, yeah, that was tough. But I just hope that people learn from this, and the next time there's a virus that's spreading, people take action and aren't complacent, and see that, oh, just because there's not a lot of cases now, just because uh, our country doesn't have it, doesn't mean that it's safe. That I hope people genuinely learn from this. um, But my other thing is, I want people to be concerned, to be thoughtful, to be worried a little bit, but I do not like people to panic. Panic never... 
But what's the definition of panic? That's the well, problem. Panicking is where start when you preparing start. Preparing is not panicking. No, this is no, the argument that's, that's that exactly had. the same thing. But but you think that buying food ahead of time is panicking? Saying you know what, I'm gonna stock up so I have a month's worth of food. You think that's panicking? No, but I mean, for example, they said like like using all the supply of masks. It's been said that the masks for people that's not that true. are that is just well, not I true. mean, it depends on who you believe, but. People, there's if a I'm reason a, healthcare workers yes, wear masks because they are dealing with the sick people. Yes, but if you are not sick, so wearing a mask, masks work for a nurse but don't work for you. Well, yes, they are dealing with sick people. You are not dealing with sick people. You don't know that. You could be walking in the street, walking in a store, and dealing with sick people. You just don't know. No, yet. because masks again, do we work. we determine now. Is there a shortage? Yes, of course. But but that doesn't mean they don't work. No, but the other thing is that if if I go mountain biking or I'm walking down the street and I don't have any person next to 10 meters from me, I don't care how that person speeds. 10 so that's meters whatever. from you. But or, go or to a store, three. go to a restaurant, go anywhere okay. where you're close to Or you people. go into a restaurant with a mask. Are you no, gonna, obviously are you don't go to the a mask? restaurant. Okay, no. well, don't but, go to the restaurant. That's my point. That's what we said in the beginning. I said, if you don't have a situation... But you can't say that masks don't work. That's, no, that's just I'm not true. I'm saying Why that would doctors wear people, them? people going and buying 10 or 20 masks when... You know, to just use them for the heck of it in their houses, I think it's an overreaction. No, you don't wear them in the house. No one well, wears them people, in the house. Some people do. No. You know, if I'm going to get on a plane, yeah, I'm going to wear a mask. But if I'm in a place where, like, walking down the street, no, I'm not going to wear a mask down the street because I don't care. The virus is not going to come from, you but know, just But it could come draining. from someone that walks past you. Okay, well, I avoid the person walking past me. And even if they walk past you... I mean, when you're no, on a no, sidewalk, that, I mean, it's pretty packed. I don't know how many people are walking no, past you. No, I mean, you. it's like, I don't know. I don't know you're in a crowded Manhattan street or something, but which is a different scene. But if you're in a normal street where a person crosses by you, and if that person is not coughing in your face or something, there's no Yeah, contact. we live in Phoenix where there's not a lot of I foot understand, traffic. Of course. But if you lived in New York, you'd be much more scared. Yes, I understand. You're walking downtown Manhattan or Times Square and you're like shoulder to shoulder with people just to get to the subway. Of course, that's a whole different situation. But that's what you need to avoid. What I'm saying is that people need to aware, worry, concerned, cautious. But panicking is when everybody's running for the exit. And they always tell you, walk, do not run. That's for a reason, because then you create this stampede where everybody's basically just trumping with each other. So, but what is panic then? What's well, your definition of panic? Well, what are what are people doing? That's panic versus just preparation. Is buying uh, enough food for a month panic? Enough food for a month? Yeah. Well, it depends. I mean, I think I think um, if you're not in a situation where you think you're going to be in a risk group, I think it's a little bit of panicking or overreacting. How is it overreacting? Well, I'm not saying buy a year's worth of food, which is what some no, people do. If I'm, let's I'm say, saying let's, a month. Okay, I'm just giving you my opinion. But if I'm a, a 70 year old man or man or woman or something, and I have like I've been smoking, I have any of those risk factors that I've mentioned before. As far as yeah, I have my high blood pressure medication, I have some heart issues, whatever, any of those things, and I'm a higher risk. Then I said, okay, hmm, maybe I get it. Maybe I'm more prone to get it. And I'm having a social life. I'm, hanging out with friends or whatever and then I said maybe I get it if I get it chances are I have a higher risk of uh, infection obviously and then I'm going to probably be put in quarantine which means I'm going to have to be somewhere you don't have a higher risk of infection that's not true well everybody's risk of infection is right you have a higher risk of of being more severe to the point that uh, some people are tested and then they're sent back their way pretty soon 
So yeah, I, that's stupid. Well, well, okay. Well, again, doctors do it, so they must do it for a reason. If they don't think that yeah, they're a risk factor, we're, our whole system is falling apart right now and is incompetent. That's why it's not because it's a good idea. Testing someone and just sending them home is not a good idea. So if a person doesn't test positive, what are you gonna do? If they test no, if they test well, negative, they, that's no. different. Well, if they test positive, they send them home in quarantine. Yes. Okay. They do, but a lot. That's the th okay. But the problem is, but let's go back to what you're saying. Panic. So someone in their 30s buying a month of food is panicking. Again, it depends on the for a month. Yeah, I would say for a month, probably. Why? Well, how is that panicking? Well, because, because just because that person's 30 doesn't mean that they don't have a grandparent that they can give it to. Doesn't mean that they okay, don't have well, an older parent they fine. can they give don't, it to. They don't doesn't buy mean it for that, themselves. Yes, okay. but every no, they are buying it for themselves. They're saying, I don't want to spread it. I don't want to be someone who perpetuates the spread of this I virus. Think, I think a person so that's... I'm going to isolate. That's the problem that a lot of people who think they're not at risk, even though they probably are, everybody's at risk. I don't care who you are because there's people in their 30s who have been dying and healthy, no. not just older people. I don't think and everybody's at the same risk. Saying, David, not what? at the same risk, but at risk. And it doesn't matter. You don't want to keep spreading it. The whole thing is you need to shut things down. Why did Italy shut the whole country down? Because yes, they obviously. said, we need to stop the spread in its tracks right now. I don't give a fuck if you're 5 or 50 or 100. You're, we're shutting it down. I understand. But if you're a person that, if I'm a person that my job requires me to yes, basically be surrounded by people, and that's I say, different. you know what, I have a higher chance of getting it. If I'm a paramedic that I'm always attending emergency calls and I'm going to probably get sick by attending sick people, yes, I'm going to be very cautious and prepare myself in case I get something. That's normal, common nature of being prepared. Now, if I'm a person that has a job, I'm a writer, I work from my home, I hardly ever come in contact with anybody, and now in these days, I probably even avoid it. I don't go to my little coffee shop in the afternoons, I don't go to this other thing or this other gathering, I'm going to stay home more than usual, of course I'm going to take care of myself and all that stuff. Yeah, I think for me to kind of panic and say I'm going to buy four weeks supplies of uh, toilet paper, I think that's overreacting. That's my opinion. Now, I don't care if people stuck their freaking pantry with toilet paper or whatever they do, but I think in that situation that person is overreacting. This is panicking a little bit or just kind of being... Um, yeah, to me, that's my definition of panicking. Like saying, oh my that's God, that's not panicking. Not that's preparing. But that's okay. That's, that's just saying, hey, this is getting pretty bad. There's a chance that we might just go on house arrest. Okay. Let's, let, let me make sure I have a food supply. Well, if, that's if, that, not if that comes to place, when, when Italy, you mentioned Italy, when they did that, they were actually supplying food and everything yeah, to all the households. I know. So, but if, if you want to go on a self isolation, if you can think ahead and you say, okay, I see what Italy is yeah, doing. Yeah, then I'll go rent a cabin in the woods and then I just basically no, do that. No. No, no, <laughs> that's panicking. I didn't say. Oh, no, that is panic. Yes, then. I said for me, I said that panic would be if I said I'm leaving the city. I'm going out into the middle of fucking nowhere. That's panicking. Okay. That's I what didn't, we send all the infected people. I didn't say that. I said taking precautions, buying food, buying supplies so that maybe you don't have to go to the store for a few weeks is not yeah, panicking. That's preparing. What's the difference between buying supplies for a week, which is plenty of lifespan? to buy supplies for a whole month. So that you don't have to go to the store four times a month or f many times. So yeah, that you can but, not go to the store but and at the risk same time, infection. You basically, it's no different for me than if you go to a bank and pull all your money. If everybody buys the same thing, that's when you, the banks don't have enough money. I mean, they're not made for that. Okay, that's the whole institution is based on maybe having 20% of the global funding and that's the stress test and all that stuff because they don't expect 
everybody to take all their money out on the same day. That's how it works. Otherwise, we have to change all the rules and say, okay, yeah, I put my money in the bank, and the bank is going to say, okay, because we cannot invest your money, we're going to charge you this much because otherwise you just have it under your pillow. I mean, all that stuff, I don't know. it works for a reason. All okay? I know is in if January, to, I was buying food, and I'm glad yes, I did Yes, that's it. fine. You can do whatever you want, but if you go to a supermarket that you're normally used to buying your box of cereal and your bread and your can of tuna or whatever, and all of a sudden the shelves are empty, it's like, what the fuck is going on here? Okay. Yeah, and that's another reason because I knew our stores would run out. So I was. But they run out because of people that are buying 10 instead of one. That's why they run out. It happens, though. Okay. I understand. I knew it was going to happen. I understand. I bought hand sanitizer and Clorox wipes (laughs) and all those things in January because I knew we were going to run out. Okay. And we did. Let's move on to the financial situation because I want to move on to that. Um, So obviously, Trump announced certain. Uh, financial aid to the country in this situation, a $50 billion um, assistance to a small business and, like I said, possibly a payroll tax break, uh, which is to be defined. It's not even approved or anything, but he basically means that um, companies will with, will take less payroll tax from their employees, meaning that you have more money in your pocket. Um, what else did he say? It was also... Uh, small business loans. Stimulus. Oh yeah, the, that's the fifty. Well, they already approved a, a different eight point two billion package uh, for assistance overall and everything else. But um, in addition to that, uh, this just happened before the podcast. The Fed just uh, announced they're uh, bringing back everybody's favorite QE <laughs> quantitative easing. What does that mean um, for people that... Uh, it basically means the U.S. government is going to start buying securities. They're going to start buying stocks to keep the market pumped up. And uh, I think it's I, I actually think that... I think they're going to cut rates to zero. They're going to start pumping money, printing money like it's free. And this is how well, currency well, that's, collapses that's what happens. Happen. And this is the, the thing that you and I were talking about. When, when you have a crisis, a, a financial crisis like it happened in 2008, nine financial resolutions may help in the short run. It's debatable whether they did the right thing or nothing, the bailouts, all that stuff. That's beyond the point. But when you have a financial crisis, financial aid in some sort will help, okay, or could help like it did. Um, Financial aid, yes. But in this case, it's not a financial situation. It's a health. Hold on, hold on. Uh, financial aid, I think it is the right move to offer $50 billion in loans to small businesses because they're going to be hurting. Because obviously those small businesses, if they go out, it's not just the business owner that's hurt. It's the employees that work that are, that are hurt. Like we said, restaurants, anything really, anything that has a lot of human interaction is going to be hurting. Well, I can tell months. you a lot of things that have been already canceled just because the European ban. I mean, a lot of businesses from Europe had been planning to come to the U.S. over the next 30 days, whether it's for trade shows, events. NAB, the, the, the National Association of Broadcasters, takes place in Vegas next month. They're still advertising it. It's like, it's in April. I don't know if it's within the 30-day window. It might be after, but I don't know if that's going to happen. That's where every major no, broadcaster comes. Uh, you know, race events and all that stuff are canceled. Uh, what I was saying was, that's good. The 50 billion now for the Fed to say we're gonna pump 500 billion, we're just gonna buy 500 billion dollars worth of securities. That's just pumping the stock market. That's all they're doing. Which they're it just, didn't even work. It didn't even work. The the Dow was down nine percent this morning, and now it's down six. Oh my goodness! Well, what a no, difference! It was down about eight nine percent. When the Fed did that, it went up to five, down five percent only. But then it didn't live very long, and then it went back down again to seven, eight percent. So it, it just proves that 
They're trying all these They're trying solutions. to solve a band-aid. A uh, healthcare problem with fiscal stimulus. Right. You want to s- stimulate the economy? Get rid of the coronavirus and things will go back to how they were. That's what you need to do. You need to say, we're going to have two months of hard pain, okay, where we're going to stimulate all the small businesses and help people make sure that they get paid and people who basically have jobs where they can't work from home and make sure that we can still uh, basically provide them uh, with money, maybe even delay mortgage payments. Italy has done that. Italy said no mortgage payments right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things like that, right? Just saying, hey, everybody kind of work together for the next two months. Let's isolate. Let's shut down. Let's get through this. And then we'll be fine. And then things will go back. But they're not doing that. And they're trying to stimulate, stimulate, stimulate. And they're running out of tools, okay? Because no, the interest rate's going to go to zero. What are you going to do? Have negative interest rates? So let me ask you something. A bank's going to pay me to buy a house? <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> We're sponsoring your house. <laughs> I'll be lining up for that one. Um, let me ask you something. So, so on a positive note, like we said before, this is not going to last forever. Obviously, we know that. That's something that I can. It's not going to last forever, but if it lasts long enough, it'll cause a massive recession. Yes, it and will. And that's why you need well, to act now. You yes. need to act. Four well, I weeks think ago. I think most people are most governments are acting now. Most so thought the not Western France. governments. Yeah. And the U.S. is only half acting though. Well, not going all I the think, way. I think now, I think now individuals are realizing, oh, fuck, I got to be smart here. And that's the good thing. No, but I think the government, after Trump's speech and then the, the Fed and all the stuff, they're basically taking notes and saying, okay, now we're fucking serious here because we need to get serious. But let me let me uh, add one more thing on the on the positive side. We know, like I said, this is not going to last forever. I don't care how fucking if it's like two, three months, four months, five months. Okay, we'll have a nice Christmas. I don't know. But in every situation of crisis you have a development i mean you like calculus and arithmetic and all that stuff you have these curves where the growth goes up is what we call the concave facing up or concave facing down depending on how the situation peaks and then you click the apex as a racer or the peak and then it starts going down or it starts going up and we can actually see here when you see the uh mainland um china that is up there how they basically they are pretty confident they have overcome the system. They still have some cases, they still have some deaths, but they are over the curve already, and the curve that used to be up is now concaving and facing down. This is the case of recovery cases, which is pretty linear. I mean, we're basically growing at the same pace of people that are confirmed. But Make, make that bigger for a second. Uh, but the... Which one? This one? Yeah. But the problem is, the one that I care about... Where's my mouse here? Okay, here we go. The other locations, which is basically the non-China, is still going up, and it's going up right, a lot. Right, right. That's, that's right. the problem. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That yes, you this see, is literally the definition of an S curve. Right. When okay? you look at look, you look at China, look at China as up until February 9th, 10th, 13th, they know they were going up. Then they had the spike when they changed the methodology of, of counting their cases. But then it started kind of concaving down now. Another, they've been pretty flat. If I mouse over these numbers, you can see how it says um, 80,400, 80,600, 80,700, same, same, 800. So basically... Yes, they've done what... <clears throat> Every country should be doing. Right, they right, shut right. Everything so that's, down. that's the they positive side. They shut down all the schools, okay. all the factories, everything. They did what they had they to put, do. They put 60 million people on house arrest after, in Hubei. After they infected the rest of the world, they started getting their shit together. And they did what they had to do to the point that, keep in mind, China has 1.2 billion people. So when you see 80,000 there, it's like 
uh, I'll drop in yeah, the bucket. Yeah, if they hadn't done what they did, there would have been uh, yeah, millions If they would have put up, shoot up, I understand that. No, I'm, it's obvious. If, no, they didn't, I, I if they didn't take the drastic actions, and that's why they did it, they said, we're going to have 100 million No, infected. no, I totally understand. But that's what I'm saying, that that proves that this, this that was major in China where people were dying in the thousands by the day, now they're basically having cases that are in the hundreds, okay? And now they're basically saying, they, they say they're, you know, behind the curve now and they're always overcoming that. So now what we see is, like you said, the rest of the world is way behind. This, this curve here is where China was like four weeks ago. So if we do what they did, which is basically taking this thing seriously and saying, fuck it, we're going to shut down everything, get everybody in quarantine and but do we're it. still not. Then this will eventually follow the same pattern as China and start being flattened. Now, the question is, will that happen we're not in four so months far. or we're in not, four weeks? That's what I'm saying. I know. Do I it know. now. I know. Do it now before it's too late. Well, but you, China is one country. They can control what they do. The U.S. Well, is we also... we can control what the U.S. Well, does. exactly. That's the point. The U.S. is also one country. We can say, okay, yeah, whether you like it or not, if you Europeans are not acting fast enough or you don't care, we're going to shut down everything for 30 days. We'll see how it goes. If in another 30 days, we'll still see that Europe is like skyrocketing from 23,000 cases to 40,000 cases. Okay, fuck it. We're going to shut it down for another 30 days. Europe and at least the U.S. Europe needs to do what Italy did. And it's, I know they have this beautiful cross borders, free, no passport. Fuck that. Well, that's Shut even, it down. That's even no being tested now. The, the European Union is being tested with the situation because all this kumbaya, like for borders and other stuff, and free trade and free transit of people and other stuff. Now, all of a sudden, they're putting restrictions on, oh no, buy these masks. Like Italy wanted to buy more masks and more things and more supplies. And then they wanted to buy from Germany, but Germany was limited the supply because they wanted to use it for their own country. So Italy had to end up buying masks and things from China, you know, things like that. So that's even testing their own system. But that's a little political discussion. But but yeah, it's different when, when you have all these egos in political precedents and between you know, prime minister of Spain or, Eng or, or England or, or Germany or France or all the northern countries. Uh, it's just hard to have them agree as a group on what to do when they start looking at their personal interests about the, the community interests. And that's when you have the division of the European Union, which is more of a non-union or disjointed union when it comes to a crisis, which is a test. But the point is, on the, on the positive side, is that, yeah, there is, a, there is an apex. There is a, a, a point where the curve starts changing and basically we overcome it. And we're far from there with the rest of the countries. Now, if, I would like to see a curve like this just for the U.S., because I like to see how this is the, the rest, basically, as it says there, this is other locations, which includes everybody. You know, everybody that is not you China. Can, you can search it. It's the same curve. Right, right, exactly. The US is still going up and it's not slowing down. No, at this point it's not. Obviously, that's why we're doing this. But I like to see a curve of the US over time, over the next, let's say, four weeks, which is the 30 days that we are banning Europeans. It's only going to go up. I think it'll take at least a month before well, we see cases. Yeah, it will. It will. But... Uh, you start seeing how it goes up, and then at some point it'll go up less steep, and then it'll flatten. So my question to you is, when do you think, um, actually I have two questions. One is, when do you think the U.S. will be in a situation okay. like that? When will the U.S. be like, okay, what's your second question? My second question is, in the meantime, how do you recommend that businesses overall act or adapt to this situation? Okay. Obviously, this is a very broad question. Number one, the business, but how long until we have a curve like that? 
basically a few weeks after we start acting like that just like they did literally they started in it was early february by mid-february they started plateauing so it only took a couple weeks because basically you're on isolation you can't keep spreading okay well isn't the u.s doing that now to a certain extent no to a certain extent yes uh i hope that they spread i mean they basically have banned but have let me finish you asked me let me finish i let you talk for the whole time it was my podcast (laughs) well barely um (laughs) When are you having guests on again? We're, we're supposed to have guests, and now with coronavirus, it's like, okay, stay away. No, thank well, you. Well, they don't want to be close to two meters from me. So. Yeah. Anyways, let's I'm gonna, go. I'm going to lick the microphone before I leave that's for right. the next guest. Yeah, no, that's a really good birthday. Yes, that, that's gonna, you're in trouble. On the microphone. Okay, right, let's get nice. Um, what was I saying? What were we talking about? I don't know. You're so smart. You even forgot um, it. Okay, so how will the U.S. slow down? When they take drastic measures. And when I say drastic, it's not drastic at this point. It's just what the fuck you need to do. I mean, it's that simple. Now, all of these sporting events closing down, schools getting closed down, that's the right move. Right. That's the right so move. So you said that already, the drastic measures. Yes. What are the drastic measures the, need the to be The biggest taken? drastic measure, and this is something that uh, I think is going to take a lot to happen, is basically house arrest which is what they did in other countries where they say you're not allowed to leave your house. Well, but they didn't They didn't do it everywhere in China. They did it in Wuhan. And the they did it for 60 million people. And they're doing it in Italy right now for yeah. the whole country. Yeah, 60 million out of 1.2 billion. Is yeah, not but that 60 many. million is I mean, still I a lot of people. I That's basically like saying Cali- no one in California is allowed to leave their house. Okay, yeah. Like like in Washington, in like Seattle or whatever. Like we need to shut whatever. the border with Washington yesterday yes okay that's that's a state we need to shut down even northern california is looking like new york that's the problem it's already spreading uh the ultimate thing is if people individuals start saying i'm not going to rely on the government i'm not going to rely on some stupid authority who has their head up their ass i'm going to take action for myself and for my family and i'm going to do what's right and i'm going to isolate myself i'm going to make sure that we are as hygienic as humanly possible we're going to have Wash our hands every hour on the hour. Buy Clorox wipes. Wipe down every no, doorknob. You panicking people already bought them all. Well, I have them. Uh, if you want to <laughs> buy them from me, I'll sell them to you at uh, no no Prime extra price. price. Yeah. Um. No, but basically, that's what people need to do and take actions their own hands. If that happens, and I think that's going to start happening, then we'll see a plateau. But I don't expect to see a plateau. I mean, I, I what what's the date today? March twelfth. Maybe by another month from now, mid-April, we'll start seeing a slowdown. If th- if people really start taking it seriously, then yeah, I think we'll see a slowdown. Um, now, the other question, businesses. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I honestly, it, it really depends. Yeah, it's going to be a hard few months. I mean, you're going to have to cut expenses. Again, it totally is dependent on what business you are. If you're an airline, I don't know. You're just going to have to cut expenses and hope this goes away quickly. Um, maybe ask offer super discounted flights for six months a for year future, from now yeah. and book I, ahead i mean you have to come with different strategies but yeah i mean sometimes depending on the business there isn't necessarily a strategy you just kind of have to cut expenses hopefully tr- w- cut as many expenses before you have to start laying people off that's the real danger i think that we're going to start seeing layoffs because because people can't afford to pay people you know and that's right. why you need the small business stimulus because right. if that stimulus if you can basically help companies fund their payroll for a month or two while this all gets sorted out and then in two months they're back to paying their own payroll that's the best way to do it i i from my perspective i think this is a great opportunity and we did this at mgr back uh back in days but it's a great opportunity to uh work if if 
customer client work or client uh, time is not s requiring so much. Basically, you don't have so much time working for clients, whether it's clients that are in a restaurant or whatever. This is a good time to work on your internal improvements. For example, obviously it's hard to say, but let, let's say a hotel property I, I is know, but that's, that's is, good for companies like us who no, 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 no. But I'm talking like, like let's say properties, hotels, or whatever are trying to do um, a remodeling or something. Obviously, I don't know the logistics, but uh, maybe they can move it up now, saying, okay, but people are not traveling now, and I have this remodel scheduled for the summer, which is a slowdown. For example, in Arizona, usually most of the properties do the the remodels and everything in in or transformations, whatever they call it, in the summer. Maybe they can move it up and say, okay, we're going to start now because now it's going to be really a low season instead of the summer, and then we have incentives for people that book later, like a better tomorrow type campaign or something you know we've done that, uh, that thing before or if there's something you need to uh, do to do employee training at this some point and you have, you have a schedule for later maybe can you do it now well if you have a company that has like annual or monthly subscriptions um, if you have a SaaS company something like that uh, I would definitely try to get people to pay an annual ahead and offer a big discount so if you charge whatever a hundred bucks a month from your software and so that's 1200 bucks a year but you say hey i'll give it to you for 600 bucks a year but you pay up front now just so you have cash in the bank it it the advice is different based on how liquid every company is if if you're a restaurant which is already super low margin and you probably don't have a lot of uh, cash in the bank yeah it's going to be tough now if you're a company that has lots of cash reserves for crisis situations uh maybe your business goes down like us it's not like our business is going away we'll see a little slowdown like every company will but we're still gonna have revenues we're still gonna be able to pay people we're not really concerned right, right. but yeah it depends on the business you know because we work remote we don't work in person with people unless we have to but nobody's asking for meetings right now that's for right sure. i mean obviously internet-based businesses are going to be in better shape as far as they don't have that kind of contact you don't need to tell your employees to stay home and things like that so i, I think there'll be adjustments to make and i think if anything it's going to boost the uh the uh, the options for people to telecommute to work from home to be more flexible, conferences and things like that. I think it's a good chance to have companies that never have time to work on their own improvement methodologies and processes and everything else to do that. And, uh, and again, I mean, um, what I do know is that we're a very consumer economy. And uh, if we are told to kind of be low key for like, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, trust me, we're going to come back with a vengeance when things are better. You know, like people are going to go out to travel like crazy, restaurants like crazy, movie theaters like crazy. They're going to go on an SMP just saying, okay, we're free now to go out and all that stuff. And I think that's going to happen. And uh, so once again, I mean, if you basically shut everything down, you run a risk of not having that customer when it's ready to go out, which is going to be uh, and the, the good thing is that if you don't go out, you're also saving a lot of money. You don't go out to dinner like once a week like you're used to or spending a hundred bucks or going shopping or whatever. You're trying to avoid shopping malls and all that stuff. This, the good side is you're actually saving money. That's a good stimulus for your personal economy, not so much for the overall yeah, economy. Yeah, for personal savings, I would tell everybody, save as much money as right, you can right. right. But now. then what happens is that people that have been secluded to their homes for voluntarily or involuntarily for four, six weeks are going to go out and saying, okay, well, now I'm going to plan the vaca summer vacation of my life or whatever, or whatever they do. Or now I'm going to go and be shopping spree or restaurants every night or whatever. You know, they're going to basically compensate for that. So you want to be there to catch that wave when it comes. Now everything is calm. There's no waves. There's no surf. You cannot be surfing. But down the road, it's going to happen. So be optimistic. I think this curve will happen. I can tell you when. I think it's going to be, you know, longer than shorter. Not definitely not four or five weeks, but hopefully maybe four months. 
uh, by the summer, maybe, I don't know, uh, at least a little more under control. And uh, and I think things will definitely be better uh, for, for all of us. So um, I want to wrap it up because it's kind of late for both of us. But uh, any other closing comments from you, David? No. I mean, just uh, prepare for this to last longer than you think. But... Yeah, it's not obviously nothing is ever the end of the world. You know, the 2008 crisis was terrible, but it was not the end of the world. We'll get past this now. Definitely not. Will it take six months or 18 months? I don't really know. I think the economy may take quite a bit longer to recover because it's not just the virus itself. It's the virus that is coming at a time where we've had fiscal stimulus out the ass for years. And now we're running out of options. So we'll see. And don't forget. That we have a election year here in the U.S. Yeah, so uh, come, come, um, you know, six months or so, or even less, uh, our news will start changing to elections. So we're going to have primarily two candidates, obviously President Trump and uh, maybe Biden, uh, fighting for their jobs. So uh, that will be interesting too, to see how they face this situation and how it is in as it gets closer to election time. So we'll see. Maybe uh, it'll become somebody else's problem down the road. But um, that's all we have for today. Um, thank you all for listening. You are still listening to us after an hour and a half or so. Thank you very much. Um, don't forget that this podcast is always brought to you by MGR Agency. And that's basically that's our mother agency, uh, digital marketing and everything that we do. You can follow us on uh, mgragency.com and then uh, mgrh.com slash join is where you uh, get our weekly emails uh, for e- e-commerce, marketing, everything else. And of course, uh, watch this. you watch this uh, podcast on YouTube or listen on podcast on know, Spotify or any other source. If you're an Amazon or any e-commerce, but I spent, send specifically Amazon updates every week in the email right now about Amazon's coronavirus. Uh, yeah, updates and updates, things like that. As far, as far as it relates to the uh, to the e-commerce business, we don't get into medical situations or anything like that. But uh, if you like this podcast, please share it with your friends. Uh, we do it every week. Uh, we don't make money with it. It's just basically a service. And um, we really enjoy sharing our thoughts with all of you. So uh, hopefully you stay safe and uh, wash your hands, do all the stuff. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, hopefully with a better topic. All right, see you. Bye-bye.